Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Have you ever seen something on the ground and wanted to pick it up? Sure, we all have. But what happens if that item is cursed? First, we travel to Africa to find a man who sees a ring just laying there. But when he puts it on, he gets far more than he bargained for. And then we travel to Russia to meet an old woman who does the same thing. But she doesn't see it just a ring laying in a ditch. She sees an alien baby. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. First off, let's introduce our newest Patreon supporter. She is the sun itself. Everyone give a round of applause to Eve Jones as her high temperature melts us all. Our hands stop clapping. A giant effervescent sun ball comes floating in. It's Eve. It is Eve. These intros are getting more and more abstract. Eve. Turn into a human, please, and I'll toss you the keys to whatever vehicle. I don't want you to melt them. Eve, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you're not a celestial body, that's fine, too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Eve Jones, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to Ghana. Specifically, we're headed out to Casso, Ghana. Dead Rabbit Dirigible is flying on out there. Thank you so much, Eve Jones, for piloting this vehicle. It's March 12th, 2021. Incredibly recent story. And in Kasawa, it's pronounced differently every time you say it. It's a weird city. Every time you say it, it has to be pronounced differently. It's the law. In Kasawa, in Ghana, there is a place called Kasawa Iron City. Sounds dope. It's not. It's a school. Um, but, but if you're going to have a school name, might as well have it named like it's a Transformers headquarters. In Kasawa, Iron City, there's a young man named Emmanuel Otibble. He's 17 years old. He's playing video games with his friend. And his friend, for whatever reason, has taken off his ring and set it on the table. Now, that's not unusual. Maybe they're playing like some S- Super Smash Brothers thing and you need to get like extra button presses before Star Fox goes to the box level or whatever it is. For whatever, for whatever reason, he took the ring off. That's not important. I can't get lost in the details. Emmanuel's looking at this ring on the table, and he's obsessed with it. He's just staring at it. He can't. His guy has got kicked off the ledge a hundred times. He can't beat his buddy because he's staring at this ring. He takes the ring and he puts it on. And his buddy goes, bro, that's my ring. Why are you wearing that ring? And Emmanuel actually has a really interesting point of view, really interesting way of looking at life. He says, if you own something and you're my friend, then I can use it too. 
which is a super bizarre way of looking at the world. But if you think, if you agree with me, if you agree with me and you don't want a friend like that, he's walking around in your clothes all the time, driving your car, at best. I mean, he could also be sleeping with your significant other and doing a bunch of other stuff. He's wearing your skin. If you guys think that's a terrible mindset, don't worry. He gets his just desserts. But maybe maybe a little too much for this sin. He takes the guy's ring, and he actually means to give it back. But he kind of forgets. You know, you don't really... You put a ring on, you go, ooh, this is cool looking. And then you completely forget it exists until you either have to wash your hands or someone goes, hey, nice ring. A ring is... I, I'm sure it's the same thing with earrings. I used to have pierced ears and like in college, but I, I like don't remember them. I don't remember waking up and being like, oh, dude, I remember that Tuesday back in July 1994 when I had my earrings in my ears. You don't remember jewelry. But anyways, so he takes it home. He goes to sleep. When he wakes up the next morning, birds, you know, like the little music, there's sun coming in. Eve Jones is risen for the day. Little bluebirds floating around. Emmanuel is waking up, but before he can get through his first yawn, he realizes searing pain, horrible, horrible pain, is shooting through his hand, specifically his ring finger. And he looks down, and his finger is starting to swell up. Tries to take the ring off. Kind of hard when your finger's swelling up. He tries to wash it off with soap. He's trying to do all this stuff to get it off. And his mom is trying to figure out, hey, Emmanuel, why, why are you screaming in pain in the bathroom? And where did all of my soap go? And he finally admits to his mom, mom, okay, so you know my friend Jeremy, the, the friend's name isn't in the article, but you know my friend Jeremy, I stole, I mean, I borrowed his ring because he's my buddy. And the mom's like, of course, you can have all your friend's stuff. He's like, yeah, I know. I put this ring on and now I can't get it off and my finger's swole. The mom's like, hmm, okay, well, it's one of two things. Either the ring was too small for you, and it's cutting off circulation in your finger, or <laughs> you have fallen victim to black magic. Now, Emmanuel doesn't want to think of the idea of black... No one wants no one wants that as an alternative. Well, you either have arthritis or a witch has cursed you. So he goes and he calls up his buddy. His buddy comes over with a hacksaw and a pair of pliers. And I'm sure the buddy's laughing about this whole thing. I, actually, to be I'm sure the buddy's laughing about the whole thing as he's driving over there. But once he gets there, because there's photographs of this kid's finger. It's huge. It's so gross and bloated. Several photographs of this. Once he came over, he probably stopped laughing when he saw his friend's fingers about to fall off. He hacksaws it. He's pulling with the pliers. It's already tight on the finger. It's already so swollen. He is able to break the ring. And they still can't get it off. It's actually worse now because now there's two jagged pieces of metal digging into his flesh. So most of these photos you'll see online is of the ring already cut and it's bleeding. His finger's bleeding. The next step. So so here now you have a half a ring on your finger, possibly cursed. You've already tried the hacksaw. You've already tried the pliers. You've tried soap. Step whatever. They bring in a welder. I don't know what they expected this guy to do, right? He's usually putting steel together or cutting steel in half. I don't know what they expected him to do with this piece of jewelry wrapped around this kid's finger. I, but at this point, they're thinking we might have to eventually chop the kid's finger off. It's definitely like losing circulation. It's swelling up. But eventually, the mom says, okay, before, before we let the welder, as he's getting his blowtorch ready, okay, 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 hold on. 
let's try the whole black magic thing. Maybe you just have some sort of ghost on you. So they called up a spiritualist. She came over. She performed a ritual. And the ring came off. Happy ending, right? Well, kind of. Because while the news articles state that the boy is no longer in danger of losing his finger, one news article said the boy wanted his friend. <laughs> this whole thing. So basically, here's, let's recap this. Emmanuel finds a ring, puts it on. Magic curse happens. Can't take it off. They have to chop it up. They have to destroy it. The best friend, or maybe just friend, maybe just acquaintance at this point, he wants a new ring. That's all he can think about. After knowing, after knowing that in this world, in this real world, this is not fiction, this was reported in several newspapers, in this reality, magical rings exist, and you just watched your friend almost get his... You just watched a welder show up to your friend's house with a blowtorch. You want a new ring. I would never wear a ring ever again if I knew that was a reality. <laughs> Apparently it is. This was in several newspapers. And not only that, not only does he want a ring, he wants his friend. He wants his friend, who he magically cursed, to give him a ring. How do you know your friend's not going to curse you? And make your finger almost fall off. Anyways, one of the articles said the friend wanted a new ring, and I had a good chuckle at that. Thought, that kid's an idiot, right? I never wear jewelry again. Another article, and these aren't, these are like from, let me, these aren't fringe news sites. These are from... Well, Coast to Coast AM is where I first saw the article. But then I went into uh, ModernGhana.com, which is a mainstream news site in the country, and then AnnouncerNewsOnline.com, which is a mainstream African newspaper. These aren't the Daily Mail or Daily Star. Another article said the friend not only wanted a new ring, he wanted... <laughs> I was like, what is going on? What is going on with these friends? These guys are nuts. The other friend, according to this other article, I was, I can't believe this. The other friend, I can't believe the journalist wrote it down. It was just like, mm-hmm, yep. I'm going to go, I'm going to go cover a city council meeting after this. This is totally normal. The friend, and according to this other article, wanted not only a new ring, but also wanted, uh, how would you? How would you even get this? How would you even get this? The other article, just plain of day, states that the friend wanted newborn baby blood. Hey man, you borrowed my you borrowed my ring, and that wasn't cool, and I had to break it. You have to buy me a new ring, and you have to give me a vial of baby blood. And the guy goes to turn. He goes, no, 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 newborn baby blood. He's like, oh man, that's the hardest to get. What is he going to do with that? Why are you going to be friends with a guy who that's a demand at all in any situation? So that you might think is a one-off story, right? You would hope it was a one-off story, someone demanding newborn baby blood. And again, the article doesn't say to bless the ring. It just states it. That's what he wants. No questions. No questions at all. But you go, Jason. Maybe it's just a guy with like a swollen finger and they like photoshopped this bloody ring on it. This isn't the first time this has happened in Ghana. In November 2014, Eric Bubing in Ghana was walking home from church, sees a shining gold ring in the dirt, compelled to pick it up. 
I pick up stuff all the time. I'll pick up little rocks. I'll pick up sticks if I find like little stuffed animals or little creepy toys. Take them home. So I would do this. He picks up the ring. He's compelled to pick up this ring. And once it's in his hand, his hand... You can't hear that. You can't hear that sound effect, but my hand is shaking next to the mic. And he wants to throw it away immediately, but he can't. His hand's shaking so much. He actually think it'd make it easier to throw. It's like you're throwing dice. But he can't. He can't, and he's compelled. He puts it on. The next morning, he wakes up, his fingers swelling up. There's photos of all of that as well. They'll all be in the show notes. There are pictures of people with really, really swollen fingers and rings wrapped around them. And he has the added thing. He says at night he can't sleep because once the sun goes down, he hears voices in his head. You should have put that ring on. You should have thrown it away when you had the chance. All of that stuff. They might just also be telling him about events of the world. He's like, the city council meeting was held today in Ghana. They demanded 10 pints of baby blood before they fixed all those potholes. Who knows? But his article, it doesn't have an ending. His article says they couldn't figure out a way to get the ring off, and they're hoping to get it off soon before his finger comes off. That happened in 2014. I can find no follow-up. So there may be a dude named Eric walking around Ghana right now with nine fingers. To be specific, to be fair, I'm sure there is at least one person named Eric in the entire country of Ghana who doesn't have all their fingers. But if it's their ring finger... You might want to ask, actually, no, don't, don't walk up to someone who's missing a ring finger and say, hey, you didn't happen to put on a cursed ring, did you? The reason why I wanted to highlight this is because once again, we covered this before about the guy who picked up the pile of corn and it got stuck to his back and they had to bring wizards out to help him. Magic must exist. The, I, I'm totally perplexed by these stories that are coming out of Africa. Because you could say the corn one, people are like, maybe he faked it, maybe it was a public service announcement. Who, 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 you know, public service announcement, like the cops are trying to say, don't steal, you might get cursed. What is, what is the public service announcement here? Who do they talk to to say, hey, man, we got a deal. How about we, we let your finger swell up, super disgusting and super painful. Take photos of it, send them out online, and then in return, you get all the baby blood you can drink. Like, what is, what would be the point of having this hoax? Does magic exist? Have all of the naysayers, myself included, I, I'm a, I've, I have a limited belief in magic. I believe magic exists in a certain point. I don't think we've ever really talked about my beliefs on magic on the show. I don't think we've ever gone in depth. I don't have time to do it now. i got a whole other segment to do. But I think at a limited scope, what I call scientific magic, or I think the, the technical term for it is high magic, works where it's very ritualistic, I think, can work to a limited degree. To a very, very limited degree. And everything needs to be in place. You just can't pick up a couple books and learn it. It's a whole thing. And I could honestly do an entire segment on it. I probably will at some point. But that's always been my thing. I didn't think, I didn't think you could just throw cursed rings. I didn't think you could just curse a bag of rings and just drive through town throwing them on the ground. Magic might exist, and it would be so... What if we... What if... Let's put on our conspiracy caps here for a second. What if it turns out that magic exists, these type of things exist in Africa? Like, the continent itself. The continent itself is magically charged. What would that... Conspiracy cap fully on. What would that do to, like, the world's economy? It would basically be like Wakanda, but with magic. Like, if people are like, yeah, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. But in Ghana, magical curse rings exist. They're a real thing. 
And scientists would go out there and they're like, no, it's not here. Give me your ring. And they put it on. They're like, ah! <laughs> they're screaming. Bill Gates has no fingers. It's like, oh, I, I kept trying to prove him wrong, but I was the one who was wrong. What if it turns out that for some reason, like all the ley lines intersect underneath the continent of Africa and it's magically charged? Would that change society? Would people just want to move there? Or would you be like, no, I don't want to go there. There's a bunch of like cursed dolls and there's a bunch of cursed rings and I can't steal corn anymore. Either all of this stuff is fake, which is very, very in the realm of possibility, or some of it's fake and some of it's mis misconstrued events. Like the same time they put on the ring, a bumblebee landed on their finger and they're allergic to bumblebees, but they're only allergic on their fingers. Or that magic exists worldwide, but for some reason we don't see stories about people putting on cursed rings in the Balkans. We don't see it in Arizona. We don't see it in Paraguay. But we just run into these weird stories that come out of Africa. And you look at them and you go, magic. If this story is true, then witches and magic and spells and curses 100% exist. And maybe they used to exist all over the world. And magic is just... Like a volcano just kind of got sucked up under Africa, or I don't know, I don't know. Now, now I'm even more hypothesizing that there's a magical volcano ready to erupt. But I just think on a conspiracy level, what would that do to society if you could, even if it wasn't Africa, you could say it was Australia, you could say it was the middle of Peru. What if you found out that one country or one continent magic actually existed? What would that do to world society? There you go. That's your writing prompt. For you guys, for you guys, for you writers out there, for your 90-day challenge, there's your writing prompt. What if one country, only one country, became magical? But we won't be able to explore that right now. I think I already explored it much longer than I thought I was going to. Eve Jones. Let's call in that Carpenter Copter. We're waving goodbye to Emmanuel and Eric. Hopefully they have all their fingers for the rest of their lives. Let's leave behind Ghana. We are headed out to Russia. Eve, I want you to go ahead and land us at Kalianovi. Kalianovi, you all know this. You guys are all well up on your Russian geography. It's a little village near Kaistum. That's in the Chelyabinsk Oblast region in Russia. The story was actually recommended to me by Yuri. Yuri, thanks for sending this one over. It's May 1996. And there's an old woman named Tamara Vasilinyev Prosferina. I can pronounce that last word. Walking down the street. Now, it doesn't say how old she is. She does appear to have an adult son who's in prison. So, 50, 60 years old. But she's definitely considered an odd duck in the village of Kolonyinov. Tamara is out for her walk. And everyone in town shut their windows. They're like, oh no, here comes that crazy lady. She's not necessarily known as a crazy lady. She's just known as a little bit odd. But that's going to change very quickly. She's walking down the road and she sees something laying off to the side. She looks down. She sees a tiny little body moving in the grass. It's around 10 inches long. Super tiny guy, right? Just laying there. No hair on its head. Which, I mean, is to be expected, right? If you're only 10 inches tall, I don't think you're going to have Samson locks. Totally bald. Totally bald little baby. Large eyes. 
But all of that stuff, I mean, coming across a 10-inch humanoid in the woods is bizarre. Coming across a 10-inch humanoid in an office building is weird. Doesn't matter where it's at. But the most notable feature about this thing is it had ridges along its head. It was described, and there's lots of quote-unquote photographs of this thing. We're going to get into some weird stuff with this story. It had ridges on its head that seemed to form a central, like all lead to a central ridge. It's described as being like a leaf where you have like the main vein and all the little offshoots of that. And Tamara picks it up. She's like, wow, my name's pronounced differently all of a sudden. Now that I found this creature. Tamara picks up this little dude and she goes, I will name you Alishozenka, which means tiny Alex. I will call you Alex Siochnia. And then for the rest of the story, she just calls him Alex. That bit of information is all that we know for sure. Now, you may go, Jason, I know about this story. No, no, no. We know all this other stuff. I've done a bunch of research on this. I'm not saying that you haven't. But every article I've read about it has added and subtracted certain details. The only thing every narrative had in common, Tamara... She's at the village of Koloniev. She finds something. It's this tall. It looks like this. That's what she names it. Those are the only details that are all the same. Literally, every detail changes from story to story. So I had to create this narrative out of different versions of this. She takes the creature home, and she begins to take care of it. Now, she would feed it. A diet of cottage cheese. <laughs> cottage cheese, which is gross anyways. That's the gross of all cheeses. That's the, the cheese I covered with the maggots on it. I'd rather eat that. She gives him cottage cheese. Nom, 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 nom. He's forcing He's like, oh, I wish I was dead. I wish you'd left me in the wilderness. She's feeding him cottage cheese and condensed milk. And she's like, isn't this the best little, little baby man? This is what will help you grow to be 11 inches. He's like, ah, kill me. Her daughter-in-law came over once and... Uh, tomorrow is like, hey, watch watch this. Watch this trick. I'm going to shove this cream down this little creature's mouth. Eat it. She's watching her feed this creature. And the daughter-in-law said, quote, he looked sad. I felt pain while looking at him. A couple people in town did stop by to see this take place. Did stop by to see her feed this little dude. And probably do other stuff. <laughs> she has strings tied to him. She's like, hey, look at my marionette show. He's like, kill me, please kill me. It's like that dude in Johnny got his gun. He can't communicate, but he really wants to die. She's doing, I don't, I don't know if she's doing tricks. I don't know if she's putting him on a little bicycle and making him run, ride little daredevil loops or something like that. She's probably caring for it as if it was a baby. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I don't want to turn her into some sort of circus ringmaster. That's what I would have done. But so a couple of people had seen this thing move around they said it made a squeaking noise but other people in town just saw old nutbag tamara walking through the streets with a blanket going you want to see my baby you want to see my mutant baby i found in the bushes she would unwrap the blanket and it would just be like a doll they said it didn't look alive it looked fake. It looked like if it was alive at some point, it wasn't alive now. And it probably wasn't alive. It's probably a doll. So you had different. Again, this is what we're talking about. We, there's tons of evidence of this story, air quotes around that. It's really fascinating to look at because you'll see a ton of photos of this online and video. 
But nobody can really pin down who took the photos. Japan went crazy over this story. (laughs) Shocker, right? They made a replica of it. There was a news station that made a replica of it. So a lot of photographs you see are of the replica. But how do they get a replica if they haven't seen the original? So there must have been some photos going around. There is video footage from 1996, which could be faked. There is video footage that has the date on it, 1996, and it is a couple months after May, which is when the story takes place, of, like, supposedly Russian scientists kind of messing around with it. But they're putting it on marionette puppet. At that point, it is clearly dead. Whatever it is is not alive. So first off, we have a question of, what is it? Was it ever alive? If it was alive, how long was it alive? And what happened to it? We can answer some of those questions, but you're not going to like the answers. She already had an oddball personality. She's walking around with this thing. She's saying it's her baby. She's showing it to people. Eventually, the authorities get involved. Tamara is arrested. (laughs) What's the crime, right? What's the crime? Picking up litter? She's arrested, and she's put in a psychiatric hospital. And then the neighbor supposedly goes over to take care of Alex. And then after like after a couple hours, be like, oh, this is boring. That was going to be way more funny. He had a little evil Knievel outfit built for him. He's like, oh, he doesn't do any tricks. This is lame. He then gives Alex to the authorities where supposedly that's where the video comes from was when the government got hold of Alex, who at that time had passed away. But again, was he ever alive? Was he alive for a couple weeks, for a couple days when she first found him? These are all interesting questions. But Tamara is actually locked up in the insane asylum and they don't let her out. She wants Alex back. It's her baby. She saved this guy. So one night she breaks out of the insane asylum and while she's escaping, a ambulance runs her over. In the dead of night as she's running down the street to find her child, she's killed. Even that's an interesting detail because apparently she was sent to a hospital. Whether or not it was a psychiatric or a regular hospital, we don't know. But she did die in 1999. She died in a car accident was one version. Another version was she died in a car accident escaping. Because she might have just been like, you're free, Tamara. You're no longer crazy. And she's like, can I have the keys to my car? And they're like, sure, you haven't driven in three years. Here you go. And she just got in a car accident. Some people say she got in a car accident escaping, and the third one was she got ran over by an ambulance while she was escaping, which in that way you could add malice to the fact. Like, if you're escaping from the hospital, if you're escaping from a hospital, you get ran over by an ambulance, you can kind of build a conspiracy that they didn't want her to get out. So what was this thing? Like, again, we can talk all day long about the details of what happened after the fact, but everyone can agree that this woman found something in the woods. That's something that all the stories agree on. Some people believe it was a hoax. Some people believe... So even they believe that the story happened, but they believe that the doll was handmade. It was made to be a hoax, which would be totally unfortunate if you, if you come up... If you craft a hoax and you're like, oh man, everyone in the village is going to love this hoax, and it ends with you being arrested and thrown in a psychiatric hospital. You're like, it's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank as the ambulance is running you over. That would be the most tragic. Well, that'd be one of the most tragic because it gets pretty dark. Some believe it was an alien. It was a little alien ship. <laughs> crashed. Apparently nowhere near 
Tamara because she didn't see it. And this little 10 inch dude is crawling through the woods and he gets there. And so it's not like a baby alien. This is how big those aliens normally are, which would be great if we ever have to go to war with the 10 inch species. And that she was arrested, thrown in the psychiatric hospital because she had possession of this alien. The government then takes the alien and returns him to his own people. One theory. The other one is more likely, more likely that the military gets this alien and goes, well, we could return you to your own people or we could cut you open. We could cut you open on this and record it all on this VHS camcorder and just see what happens. So you have those stories. You have that as a hoax. You have that it was an alien. The reality is obviously going to be far more depressing. And it makes a lot of sense. The creature is known as Alex, diminutive Alex. It's also known as the Kaishtium Dwarf, named after the village that it was found near. September 29th, 1957. So we're going farther back in time here. Near the village of Kaishtium is Mayak. Mayak is a nuclear resource processing plant. So when you want to make uranium into something even more dangerous, you do it at Mayak. And if you've already done that and you've got some sludge, some toxic material you need to you know, get rid of, but you can't dump it in the lake, you send it to Mayak. It's actually a really secure holding facility that then they dump it into a lake. The lakes near Mayak are considered some of the most polluted lakes in the world. But it wasn't on any maps. This facility was on no maps. This was 1957, height of the Cold War, really in the early days of the Cold War. It's a nuclear resource processing plant and a storage center. It had already been in operation for a while. On September 29th, 1957, cooling system failed. Massive explosion rocks the facility. It was actually considered the worst radioactive event of its time. And even today, as of today, it's number three. That's how bad it is. The only two in front of it are Chernobyl and Fukushima. And, and they're rating it on a mass amount of people that are affected by it. Totally secret. This wasn't on any maps. And this radioactive cloud within hours spread up to 220 miles away. Now, you had tons of villages in this area. Kaishtam being one of them. So you got this huge plume, this massive explosion in all these villages. So you got to evacuate these people, right? Massive, toxic, radioactive cloud floating around. It took the Soviet government between 7 to 250 days to evacuate people. Not like they were really slow. Not like they were really slow packers. They weren't even telling people what had happened. At that point, everyone's already sick. And that was actually happening despite the fact that they were hearing nothing from the government about a toxic release or they need to leave. It had been months, almost a year later, before some of the people heard this story, this official story. People were getting sick in the region. And outside of real information, stories started to spread. Stories about a sickness that was afflicting people. People waking up and skin was just falling off of their bones. They were melting. It was like pouring stew on a barbell. I don't know why that image came to me, but now you have it too. It's like just porridge dripping off of a ladle. Anyways, anyways I'm sorry if you're eating porridge or stew or both. There's To this day, there's lots of debates over how many people died because of this event. They could say, you can't really say, right? They go, people die of cancer all the time. We don't know if radioactivity is going to make it worse. 
This was such a secret that for the longest time, the world had no idea what was going on. The CIA knew. They didn't tell anybody. Because they didn't want it to affect the United States nuclear power plants. They knew pretty quickly. As one of their agents show up, half of his face is missing. He's like, oh man. It's like trying to put soup. They're like, we don't want to hear your soup on a clothes hanger analogy. He's like, it's just like that, blah, blah. They knew right away they don't want to reveal it. So obviously, we have in this area, we have massive amounts of radiation, the third biggest nuclear accident in human history, birth defects. Are they happening? If they did, would they be covered up by the Soviet Union? The working theory is this. This child, it was a birth defect that somebody threw into the woods. This doctor, Irina Yuskova, she said, I know exactly what it is. I looked at it. I can tell you what it is. I've seen it before. It's actually well-known in medical literature. They're rare, but it's an abnormality we've seen. It's a 22-week-old fetus. It wasn't viable outside of the womb. And it had a trefoil-shaped skull. She goes, it's very, very... It's not common, but it's well-known. Now, I looked it up. Not the highlight of my afternoon (laughs) to be looking at photos of... Uh, little babies, little babies with, with bumpy heads. It didn't look the same to me, though. It didn't look the same to me. But she said that's what it was. There is That is one of the options that it was a fetus or baby, an abandoned baby. It's still You still have to wonder how it got there. Someone still had to place it there. If it was a fetus, they said it could have been alive for like a couple hours at best outside of the womb. If it was a mutant child, then it may have been able to live a couple weeks, but probably pushing it at a couple days. So those are the working theories. Fetus, who was only 22 weeks old, I don't know, came out, got poured in the womb. wonder if there's any television out there. Ugh. It would have lasted for a couple hours. Or it was a nine-month-old baby who was severely deformed. And when they when it came out, they go, we don't want it. And they ditched it in the woods. How did the fetus get there? How did the fetus... I'm thinking like someone's just trying to throw the fetus in their hand. They're like, eh. I mean, you figure with like a baby, you know, they normally leave babies in the woods, but like babies come out. Fetuses are just like chilling in there. I'm not going to go into my limited knowledge of human biology again, but like a fetus that's chilling in there, you it, like it's not just naturally going to come out. You got to like take it out. But like babies just come out and you're like, oh man, not this one. And then you toss it in the woods. The fetus, I don't understand. But I, I guess I don't understand any of it. Yeah, it's either a fetus, it was either a nine-month-old baby that came out of the womb, alien babies, or it was just a puppet. It was a fake, it was a phony. And Tamara pulled the ultimate prank, bro, and ended up getting ran over by an ambulance for it. Whatever it was, I don't think it was a hoax. I think there's too much evidence that it existed. I think... She might have been mistaken that it was something else, but other people were seeing it. And then the argument against that is people go, a lot of people in that town um, had drinking problems. Not everyone. The people who said that's a fake, they, they didn't. But the daughter-in-law uh, supposedly had a drinking problem, and two of the other people who came over to the house had drinking problems and stuff like that, according to one article. I think it's an interesting story for multiple reasons. One, we don't know what it is. It remains a mystery. That's always interesting. But two... Does it really matter? I mean, yes, this is a paranormal research podcast. We like to look into this stuff, but I, I, I find this story kind of heartwarming, even though it has a horrible ending. Whether it was a crashed alien, a viable baby, or a 22-week-old fetus who only had an hour or two to live, and it was scooped up off the side of the road by a loving human who took it home 
cared for it, fed it, loved it. Loved it so much that in the end she broke out of a mental hospital and died trying to see it just one more time. That's pure love. That's true love. That's a mother's love. And it wasn't even her kid. Whatever this thing was, whether it lived for just a few extra minutes or a few weeks, I hope it felt that love. I hope that this thing that was discarded by an uncaring biological parent felt nothing but true love in its final moments on Earth. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.